When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Now mm. we love ourselves a little reckless speculation Thursday. And if you haven't already checked out the scoop session with Doogie, wow. Like, I feel like last week we had him on and it was almost a little too early because the combine hadn't hit yet. And we wanted to dive into some Viking stuff. And he kind of said a lot of this is just pure speculation because there's just not, you know, the meetings haven't ramped up as much. He right. brought a freaking bag of stuff today. The Vikings have met with Anthony Richardson, some of the stuff on Thielen and Harrison Smith. They want Patrick Peterson back and all sorts of stuff. So I'm still coming down from that session. Oh, about you guys. I feel like last week was a really quality appetizer that got brought out. A little, and we're like, this a little calamari. Yeah. But then, yeah, but, but then we, we got the menu, main yeah. entree. And that was served today, and let's just say it was pigskin. It was just big helpings of pigskin. And I am now, I am so full. How do you like your pigskin? Medium, medium rare, rare, blue. As I uh, have to go to <laughs> medium rare house. for me. I'm a <laughs> big no, food poisoning. Guy. I, I want to run the risk. What is what is as close as I can get to getting uh, but, food poisoning here? Rare is a little tough to chew, though, right? Oh, it's delicious. It's. Fine. I feel like rare is a little tough well, to chew. Well, I like soft. Well meat. done is tough to chew yeah. too. You're right, but. That's what I'm saying. I like it in between. Okay. Well, maybe sometime live on the show, we will cut into an actual football and have Judd eat it fresh out of the oven. Let's um let's focus our reckless speculation attention on one particular interesting free agent name. So last week when Declan was out, we did do, I think it was part of Feedback Friday on Purple Daily. Judd, we did talk about, hey, if things kind of go sideways with Thielen, or the Vikings, or whether they do or don't with Thielen, and the Vikings feel like we need a number two wide receiver, and we can't just wait around for the draft. The draft is fine, but we need to address this. We need another explosive playmaker and someone that can help stretch the field opposite Justin Jefferson. And Hawkinson's great, but Hawkinson's not a deep threat. He's more of an intermediate sort of uh, you know, 8, 12, 15-yard possession chunk guy, good red zone guy. They don't have anyone next to Justin Jefferson that can be a threat down the field, 15, 20, 30 yards in the air, right? Adam right. Thielen actually used to be among the better, you know, he doesn't, not exactly the biggest guy, but he actually was a pretty pretty nice little deep threat for a while. So uh, our guy, Tyler Fornis from Vikings Wire, and he actually wrote this for zone coverage, 
your uh, your cohort at VikingsWire.com. VikingsWire.com. And Tyler will be uh, mixing into the Purple Daily podcast rotation as well with you starting soon. So he writes this about DJ Chark. DJ Chark, five years in the NFL, former second-round pick. He did have a 1,000-yard season with the Jaguars like three years ago. Now he's been injured quite a bit, Detroit the last couple seasons. The best way to stretch the field, Tyler writes, and Tyler's a big film breakdown guy here, so I, I trust. He, he basically does, he's married. I don't know how because all he does is just sit there in a dark room and watch right. football film and old Japanese wrestling clips. Yeah, well, and churns out copy. <laughs> I mean, Vikings wire constantly updated. Yes, Pretty he's impressive. churning copy. Um, the best way to stretch the field is to find an X receiver. An X receiver is a big bodied player who can attack you deep and win contested catches. Guys from the Sean McVay coaching tree tend to prioritize receivers with outstanding vertical and broad jump abilities. He'll get into some of the, yes, analytics here in a second. Keep going. You're singing my song right now. In a similar way to how Quasi Adolfo Mensa has prioritized the 10 yard split in the in the NFL combine process. So they've got the 40 yard, then they got the 20 yard split, 10 yard split. So how fast are you just boom right off the line? Vertical jump, broad jump, all this stuff. And and GMs salivate over putting together profiles, right? Oh, this guy's profile matches this other guy from 10 years ago. Yeah. So Quasido Fomensa prioritizes the 10 yard split. If you jump well off the line, that leads to explosiveness on the field both with speed and leaping ability, will those two schools of thought mesh well? DJ Chark fits all of the criteria above. When he came out of LSU in 2018, that's right, he's an LSU guy, he finished with a relative athletic score of 9.94. I don't know what that means contextually, but football. Football. It's close to a 10, and I'm guessing a 10 is football professional. It's very high. Um. His testing was off the charts. This is, again, this is five years ago. His 40-yard dash was in the 99th percentile, a 4.340. He's still pretty fast, too, if you watch him play. His 20-yard split was in the 95th percentile. His 10-yard split was in the 97th percentile. Vertical and broad jumps both in the 95th percentile. I'll give you some Mackey analytics as well. Oh, DJ Chark. Averages 13 deep ball catches, deep ball meaning 20 or more yards in the air, per 17 games in his career, at least the uh, the last four years of his career. So he averages 13 per season down the field. Last year, Justin Jefferson was the only guy in the Vikings with more than five. So this is this is a thing that if DJ Chark can stay healthy, and that has been a problem, you're not you're not really going to get 17 games from him historically. And Tyler finishes up by saying injury history could very well end up hurting his chances for a big contract, but PFF has Chark projected at three years, $35 million. So pretty that would not fall in the top 10 or top 20 even of average annual value wide receiver contract. The more I read about this, the more I think about this, we speculated on it last week. If they decide to go to the free agency market for a number two wide receiver, DJ Chark makes a lot of sense as maybe even kind of a buy-low candidate. This is the prototype of exactly what you're trying to find to pair with JJ. That's the most important thing here, too. You're identifying guys that can, and we, we have discussed this quite a bit, but who can stretch the field. I mean, Thielen just can't anymore, and it's not, and that's not coming back. 
So like he can say I was hurt, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know what, dude, you played hard. You're, you are 30 plus now. You are not going to be a speed burner. And Justin Jefferson, and we'll, we'll uh, get into this too in some observations on Purple Daily today, but Justin Jefferson, there's no question, the way that the Vikings are talking at the Combine, and I have no reason not to believe O'Connell or Quasi, is they're going to involve him in decision-making, okay? What is he going to say? He's going to say offensively, what I need is a guy that could take the top off the defense consistently, because now it's pick your poison. Now it's Jefferson, you know, with any type of route. It's a guy like uh, DJ Chark with a deep route. It's Hawkinson now potentially open because of the concern. So this, if it's not Chark, this makes too much sense not to happen with somebody. And that is why, like, this whole thing about is Thielen going to stay or go, I almost don't think it matters because his role is now gone. This is the role that you need. This is the absolute quintessential second receiver to Jefferson because it is going to make defenses choose. And if you are afraid of chart and you provide safety help, that probably means Justin Jefferson's in single coverage. Hmm. Like there's endless Hmm. possibilities here. And unlike last year, when I was completely wrong about what Ed Donatel would do schematically with the defense, Kevin O'Connell's not dumb. Jefferson's not dumb. Cousins ain't dumb. They are going to figure out a way. They're going to know exactly what they didn't have. And this is exactly what they didn't have. So if this is not the player, this is what you have basically drawn up as the player that you have to get. I think the question here would be, okay, you've got, again, you're going to have seven different positions you have to fill here. Maybe even more if you decide at Ingram, wow, we ran you out there for a thousand snaps and it was kind of a disaster. You might need to, maybe you're deciding you're going to sign a right guard. There's some guards out there you could go get. You have to decide of the like six, seven, eight things you're trying to fill immediately and the limited resources you have. How are you going about deploying those resources? You know, is wide receiver a luxury as you, you know, you got to buy groceries, you know, what the thing you're on a limited budget, right? What are the things you need? Okay. Toilet paper, groceries, a roof over your head, your cornerbacks, you're going to need a starting center because Bradbury's a free agent. Where does wide receiver fall? And I think, you know, on paper, it's probably a little bit more of a luxury because you already have Justin Jefferson. You already have TJ Hawkinson, but I would, I would, you know, present to you guys in the audience, you know, the Vikings offense is the closest thing they have to being an elite uh, thing you can hang your hat on. Their defense, you're trying to make the defense go from incompetent to, you know, at least steady, right? League average or something. Brian Flores alone and getting younger alone is going to be a part of that jump. I think the Brian, just swapping out Brian Flores probably gets you from 31st in yards to like 24th or something without really, you know, many personnel changes. If you want your offense to go from eighth in scoring to like fourth, I think you have to have a more explosive downfield threat at wide receiver two, or you can kind of kiss that notion goodbye. Let's do let's do an exercise and call it priority bins. And in those priority bins, let's emphasize what you absolutely have to have in players as opposed to what you can get by with on on some bit of athletic talent, okay? Okay. So my priority bin on wide receiver two is very big because I now take my best player 
in Justin Jefferson and make him better. So by having a guy that's a speedster at the second receiver, I not only am helping that position, I am now making the best player, one of the best players in the entire league, better. So to me, that's a big priority bid. Um, I don't think I would address, unless unless it was in the draft and I liked somebody a ton, I don't think I'm going to address guard as a high-priority bid because I just started Ed Ingram every game last season. Unless somebody comes to me and tells me, we made a huge mistake. This guy stinks. Well, he, do, but he, if, he, he does stink he does right stink. now. Well, he did, but did he grow? And and if you look at the metrics, he actually showed improvement. My point is, you're right. You cannot just be like, okay, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do, do this. Um, my biggest concern on the offensive line is center. Is Bradbury coming back? Because if he's not, I don't think you can afford to just punt there and, and be like, oh, well. Defensively, I think you can get away with some things here. Because I agree with you, Phil. Um, Ed Donatel, Ed Donatel sold a bill of goods on what he was going to bring. Brian Flores, you're pretty sure of what you're going to get. I think what you need is athletic linebackers who can run. I don't think they need to be hall of famers. I think that if you're just more athletic and aggressive, and if your defensive premise is going to be, you know what, if we're going to go down in 2023, we're going down being aggressive, not this passive BS that we saw Mm -hmm. attempted. So I actually don't think that there's as many priority bins of big names. I think cornerback is the one that I come back to a little bit. I would love to have a a veteran corner who's coming out of the first contract. Um, For instance, running back. If you go into training camp next year and say, okay, you know what? Our top guy is Ty Chandler. I'd be like, okay, I'm cool with that. So I actually put a priority much more so on as far as outside help coming in. Wide receiver two in this scheme, in this team, in this offense. It's a team that is now defined by offense and cornerback. And that's where I really put my priorities. Um, I want to make sure I don't stink at center, but I also am not saying, like if Bradbury comes back on a reasonable contract, and I'm not going to pay a center a ton, I think that you can actually put an offensive line together it's as good or slightly improved from last season. Yeah, it's. I, I am getting sick of this. You thought, oh fuck it, Ed Ingram's a second round pick. Finally, they've 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 found a guy here, and and, and he was arguably the worst regular guard in the entire league. I am getting sick of this dance. For a while, they weren't even like pumping resources into the offensive line. You know, they right. went like ten years between first round picks. And then lately, they, you know, Brian O'Neill was a second-round pick, and Derisaw was a first-round pick, and Bradbury was a first-round pick, Cleveland second-round, Ingram second-round. So they're actually putting draft capital into it, but they still have problems on the interior. I I do think it warrants discussion. You know, you, you got the ability to maybe, say, if you clear enough cap space, maybe you have the ability to sign like four starting caliber players, maybe five, um, that if it came down to, well, one of them has to be a cornerback, one of them has to be a linebacker or whatever, or in maybe a defensive tackle or something. But you only get one left. One of them has to be a center. You only get one left between guard and wide receiver. I think it is a debate. Um, but I'm with you. They, this 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 offense, like I said, does not go from eighth. And a lot of people are kind of hanging their hats on. Well, it's a top ten offense. Yeah. Okay, but 
you want so let's say they let's say they hold flat offensively. They're the eighth ranked offense and they go from thirty first to eighteenth in defense. That's not a recipe. You don't have anything elite. You know, so if if you have a chance to push your offense further up over the top and now you're averaging instead of twenty five points a game, you're averaging twenty nine, thirty points a game, and you're taking bigger leads and you're not disappearing for, you know, two and a half quarters of, of game time. It makes your defense better because you're holding leads longer and whatnot. I just, I, the importance of having the third weapon. And it's funny for people that kind of push back at that luxury. The greatest Vikings team of my lifetime, I didn't watch the 70s teams, the 1998 Vikings. A lot of people push back at that notion too. Well, what are you drafting a wide receiver for? You already have two weapons, Jake Reed and Chris Carter, right? They had, they had a good offense. Now they have an unstoppable offense. I'm not saying D, adding DJ Chark is like adding Randy Moss by any means. I'm just saying, you already have the Randy Moss. He's Justin Jefferson. Right. What if you added a Jake Reed? You know, right. what, if, what if, if you added a third guy that's really hard to cover and can go for a thousand plus yards? Yeah. And we're, we're not trying to say that Chark is the guy or he solves the problem himself. Yeah. He's the a guy. Is, he's a name to consider. Yeah. The point is, you're, you're putting, you are putting um, uh, more oomph on the engine that is. Jefferson. Jefferson can go faster if he has a guy to run with. And so that's that's the thing, is how can you get that? Um, and yeah, I, I mean, if they think that Ed Ingram is a bust, then it's trouble. I would hope that a pretty smart offensive staff, and I know this might sound weird, but I would hope that they started him throughout the entirety of his rookie year because they saw growth where perhaps we didn't and PFF didn't like, it's just like, if you started for every game and now you're like, well, that didn't work, then yeah. why didn't and you, you, and you had Chris Reed as an option to yeah. jump in. So I, I just trying to trying to sort of surmise where they're at mentally as well as provide our own, just piping hot takes. Um, I got to think that they saw enough improvement, gradual improvement that they now don't consider that a bust. They might be wrong. I'm not defending them. I'm just trying to, like, you can't, to your point, you can't be like, we're going to get two linebackers, and we're going to get a center, and we're going to get a right guard. I mean, at some point in time, it's like, okay, what are your choices? And I love I love the potential of making Justin Jefferson better, and because you want to sign him long-term, happy as possible. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You also just can't run back that offense with next to no significant changes and expect it to be the exact same place it was last year, right? Also, with Kevin O'Connell going in from year one to year two, 
well, now, now there's a book on what Kevin O'Connell does, right? Like, it's not just Kevin O'Connell can't just implement everything he did in year one, re-rack it basically for year two and say, hey, we're automatically the eighth and ninth best defense or offense like we were a season ago. You got to make adjustments. And there was things last year that Kevin O'Connell still struggled with on offense, right? So there's adjustments that have to be made, not just plugging in players, at, you know, whether it's the draft or free agency, but Kevin O'Connell himself, too, that has a little bit of a reflection period because year two that's when everything now, now is a book on you. It's the same thing in baseball, right? If a rookie hitter comes up, he's good. Well, now there's a book on you. What do you like to do? What are your tendencies? How can we get you out? That jump from year one to year two is probably going to be really crucial. I'm curious to see how it plays out with KOC. Yeah. If you were to run this whole thing back, guess what? Dalvin Cook's another year older. Adam Thielen's another year older, banged up. I don't yeah. think KJ Osborne's shown enough to say that, okay, another year and he's going to ascend to be this T. Higgins level number two wide receiver or something. Right. So they do no. need to make some tweaks here and there. You do get a full season of TJ Hawkinson. You only, you only had him for half the season. So it right. will help to have, if he stays healthy, 17 games of one of the top three to five pass-catching tight ends. And to Dex's point, O'Connell talked about in his uh, side session with the beat people at the Combine yesterday, he talked about like his game day work and how he looked at that and tore it apart. And so, yeah, I I think... Part of the receiver thing is this. I think O'Connell thought in Thielen he was getting a guy who was far more in, in his prime, and then he got hurt, and that became a problem. And he clearly didn't trust Osborne to ascend there. And so I, I think that there is going to be now a natural realization that some of the stuff that O'Connell probably just flat out couldn't do in 2022, he needs a second receiver to Jefferson to do now. Uh, but yeah, he definitely went in depth a little bit about like how his game day, his game day management certainly had room for growth, which does not surprise me. And he's exactly right. Yeah. All right, boys, uh, real quick here. I want a mock. All right, our uh, our Mackie and Judd apparently owed to Tyler Fornis. Our guy Tyler Fornis continues here. He has a three round mock on VikingsWire.com. VikingsWire.com. So he does three round. Vikings don't have a second round pick, but I'll speed through this. <laughs> he posted this like I think like a couple hours before the Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter turned himself in last night or this morning on yeah. two misdemeanor charges. Yeah, decision making, dude. You're you're drag racing. One of your friends and teammates died. He will. He will be, in my opinion, a top five pick still. But does it's a he, terrible but story. He's probably not going number one. Like if the Bears are picking number one and they don't no, trade. No, and the Bears are going to bail out of that. But, yeah, but it, it's a terrible story. But ultimately, he's. I think he's being charged and t- turned himself on, in on two misdemeanors. And so I just, and I get he's going like, to get probation of some sort. He, he's, he's definitely not, like, slipping that far. But if I'm about to pay a bunch of money to – you know, and and and, I'm, and I have an asset like an early first round pick. Yep. The decision making to be drag racing I at two thirty in the morning a month before the combine. Not great, guy. What are we doing here? And the National Football League executives all around are going to <laughs> ask him, "Will you do this again?" And he will say, "I will never." Yeah. And then he gets drafted top five. So he goes number one here. I don't think Tyler's doing trades. Number two, C.J. Stroud to the Texans. Tyree Wilson to the Cardinals. Saw that guy's wingspan when he was up at the podium the other day. It was like his arms reached out to both. Like they were, he stuck his arms out and they both went out the doors of the auditorium. Ridiculous. Um, 
Will Levis goes four to the Colts. Hmm. Bryce Young goes five to the Seahawks. Will Anderson, six to the Lions. Let me see here. What else? I'm just going to scroll down. Uh, where's Anthony Richardson? He's got him uh, ninth to the Panthers. So four quarterbacks off the board That's in the good, top yeah, ten. Right. I'll just get right to the to the Vikings here. Tyler has the Vikings taking. Oh, interesting. Alabama safety, defensive back safety, Brian Branch. A safety? Here's I what he writes. Look at my friend's work. Wow. Well, here's so here's the thought here. The Vikings need help in the secondary, and prioritizing the slot isn't the worst idea in the world. So he could come in and just be your slot guy. Branch okay. is the epitome of versatile, and that is what Brian Flores prioritizes. Getting him would be a great asset for a defense that will be more aggressive. So technically he's a safety, but he could also come okay. down and defend the slot, be multiple, you know, be unleashed. In blitz packages. So, Brian Branch. I'm not adverse to a a guy to take uh, Shannon Sullivan's spot. So, yeah, I don't think he's. We haven't talked much about retaining Shannon Sullivan on this podcast. I think you're talking to his agent, his representatives at the combine. (laughs) His agent sent about 16 voicemails. Uh, Hey, you guys. Hey, yeah. So, I make sure your voicemail's uh, not full. (laughs) I'm sorry, my phone's not working. No service here. So there it is. All right. Reckless Speculation Thursday. If you missed the Doogie episode, like we said off the top, some really interesting stuff about the Vikings meeting with Anthony Richardson and um, just the ongoing discussions regarding Thielen, Harrison Smith, the linebackers, and even Patrick Peterson. Over on Purple Daily, Judd has broken down a fascinating Kevin O'Connell press conference. Actually, you know what? I think we should talk extensively about one thing. When you look through what Quazy and O'Connell said about Justin Jefferson's future and his involvement, I think we should spend the majority of time on that. When you combine them, it is a fascinating topic, and I'm not joking. We also have a random Viking of the Week on Purple Daily today, and the Vikings facilities are well thought of around the NFL player circles. So thanks for hanging out, Mackie and Judd.